0: The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Good morning, welcome back. It's Tuesday morning and we're glad you're with us as uh, we're going to finish out the book of Job this morning. Again, this is very different than our normal uh, books that we go through in time of devotions because usually uh, it's much more deliberate, much more verse by verse, section by section. As we just kind of unpack what the Bible says, uh, this book uh, it was just different and how we approached it. So we approached it in a highlight series. And just like yesterday's, we dealt with the topic of Job speaking to God. And, and in this case, you know that God um, really kind of just gave him an answer. Sent some answers, but not the answers he was looking for. And it, it, one of the things I pulled from yesterday, before we go to chapter 42 here in a moment, one of the things I pulled from yesterday as I was thinking about it, I think it's a great truth. A lot of times we come to God and we want him to answer why. What's going on and why is it going on? But notice yesterday, God didn't ask her why, he answered who? You say, what do you mean by that? God did not give an explanation as to why is going on. He says, who should I turn to? Who's in control? Who's allowing this? And then when I go, that's so the answer comes, what do I do then? I go to him and I find the answer. We want wise. We want all these things taking out. The simple answer is who? Who do I go to? Who has the power? Who has the authority? Who's allowing this to happen? And who's got the answer for me? And that's God. And so instead of looking at the circumstances with this idea that we can change our circumstances, we go to the God who can and then we just put our trust in him. So we come to the end of this, and so the question always comes, why does God let these kind of things happen to bad people? I've been in multiple scenarios of the pastor, people say, "Why well, God's letting this happen to me, it's not fair, and I will say, first of all, life's not fair, and I don't think God is. Now, you see, God is justice, God is righteous, God is holy. But is it is it fair for Jesus to have to die on the cross to pay for my sin? I mean, the entire premise of grace, unmerited favor, God giving us something we don't deserve, that's just not. So from the human standpoint, he's just. And in that case, we look and but we can always say that when He allows things into our life, they're not random, they're not accidental; they are on purpose, as this entire account in the Book of Job was. So, forty-two gives us a little understanding. Now, you get to the end of the, you get the end of what's going on. You get to see Job's integrity. You get to see the conversation between Job and God. So, let's look at this conclusion of the story. We're just going to highlight a few verses in Job forty-two. Forty-two, verse one: Then Job answered the Lord and said, "I know that Thou canst do everything." And, thou, and that no thought can be withholden from me. Who is this high, he that hideth counsel without knowledge? Therefore have I uttered that I understood not. And the things too wonderful for me, which I knew not. He said, all these things I used to say about you. He would come in he was saying, God's not fair. I wish God hadn't let me be born. All these things that he had assumed, concluded. And he never judged God and sinned for what for saying God was God's fault. But he didn't understand why God allowed it to happen. And from the human standpoint. And in the previous couple chapters, God gave him a very big understanding of who God is. And how little we are. And that's that's good. That's, that's good. He goes, so I, I need to apologize that I even viewed you wrongly verse um, 4. Here I beseech thee, and I will speak. I will demand of thee and declare thee unto me. That one to me. I have heard of thee by the hearing of the ear, but now mine eyes see of thee. Wherefore, I abhor myself and repent in dust and ashes. The closer Job gets to God, he doesn't come vindicated. He doesn't come saying, how dare you? Uh, You need to explain yourself to me. He comes to God and he says, I I'm dust and ashes, how dare I even assume this? And it comes down to the appropriate understanding. I'm created by God, I stand accountable to God, and I have to trust God, he's good, he's gracious, and if this is what he wants in my life, no, this is what he wants in my life right now. Uh, Excuse me. Sorry about that, joking on something. So now let's continue on to what happens after this. What he does is he repents. He says, Lord, I'm sorry for my selfishness, my pride. And then he comes to verse seven. And it was so that after the Lord had spoken these words unto Job, catch this, the Lord said unto Eliphaz the Temanite. Now, so you, what you catch here is these three, these four other men are watching this conversation take place. That must have been awesome to watch. And then they sit there and like, oh my goodness, we got it all wrong. I mean, just right. Then so it, uh, in the middle of verse 7, my cath, he's saying to Eliphaz, my wrath is kindled against thee and against thy two friends. For ye have not spoken of me the thing that is right as my servant Job hath. Therefore, take unto thou, unto you now seven bullocks and seven rams, and go to my servant Job, and offer up for yourselves a burnt offering, and my servant Job shall pray for you, for him will I accept. He literally turns to these three men and said, I'm done, I'm angry at you. How, who, What do you think you are? You think you know me? He was, and remember, they were justifying that God had a right to do this. Job must have sinned. And he's thinking, the only only reason I can act the way I want is if someone sinned. I have to have a reason to respond the way I want it. He's sitting in anger. Then he says, you need to go repent. You need to go repent and bring it to Job, and Job will pray for me, and then I will accept it. He totally turns the table, and yes, in this case, vindicates Job in the eyes of these other men. Can you imagine what that must have been like to look at? That would have been humiliating. Uh, it would have been very humbling. And hopefully, these three men, like Job, would have grown out of this. Would have recognized this, and their this encounter with God should have changed the relationship, their view of God, their view of themselves, and their relationship to God. You know, sometimes we go through the battles, we go through the struggles, the trials we go through. And hopefully those encounters draw us closer to God. Hopefully it brings us to our knees and it puts us in a place where we recognize that we are nothing but dust. We, we can do nothing on our own. It only brings us more to our knees. And then when we come to our knees more, we encounter God. We encounter His, His decisions. We encounter His righteousness. And Lord willing, it'll change us. Now, sometimes if we're not careful, we allow these poor and these trials to, draw, to run us from God. Well, unlike job that would job didn't his pride was hit right there job didn't sin as the other men got men did but in the eyes of god he recognized He'd been prideful, he'd been selfish. If we allow these things to draw us from God, it's just our pride and selfishness. We need to come in humility to God, say, help me. And then see what happens. Verse 12, so the Lord blessed the latter end of Job more than his beginning. So what we see is Job had doubled the amount of wealth he had and gave him back. Now, when I say gave him back the children, I, I'm not saying he brought the children back from the dead. They, were, they had 10 more children. They had, God gave him a chance to have more children. Uh, And and, and so, you know, that doesn't mean that the battles they went through and the loss of the first set of kids weren't still there, but you can see God's hand of blessing upon it. And and in those times, you go through it and say, Lord, all I can do is trust you. It doesn't always make sense. Sometimes it's just confusing. Sometimes it's hard, but I'm just going to follow. I'm just going to keep going. And please understand, while I believe God lights our path, the Bible says in Psalm 119, and he helps us to see what to do today and tomorrow, he almost never lets us see the end of it. He almost never says, this is where I want you to go. And just I want you to go day by day. And every day, I'm going to remind you that I'm in control. And then when it's all said and done, you're going to look back and see how great I was and what I did because you obeyed me. But he's not going to say, if you obey me now, I'll do all these million things up here. No, obey me today. And then let me take care of those details. It's not always easy, but that's the part of living by faith. But if we get to know who he is, then those decisions become easier. You just go to bed at night and say, Lord, it's, it's yours. And now, do what you have to do. Do your part. But when you've done your part and your obedience to God, then you give it to him and say, Lord, it's yours. And I trust that you are in control. I'm not saying that God will always double everything we lose or God will always bless us. And, you know, what he did to Job may not be what he'll do to us. But I can tell you that, Job's got a, excuse me, that God's got a plan. He loves us, and what he does will always be right. Thanks again for joining us today. Uh, and thanks for giving us a privilege to be with you. I will let you know tomorrow what it is we're going to jump in Scripture, what book we're going to next, and as uh, so we take some time to praying about it, and we'll start back on a new passage tomorrow. But we appreciate the time you're with us today, and we hope you join us again tomorrow.